Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information from the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic Drive Time. Now, here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Good morning and welcome back to the week. You survived your weekend. By the grace of God, you get another opportunity to uh, be productive and have a wonderful week. Praise be to Jesus. A state of emergency is declared in Louisiana 16 years to the day from Katrina. A major hurricane has hit the United States in almost the same location. Uh, So we're praying for all those affected by that. Uh, Christians turned away in the rescue effort in Afghanistan is kind of a sad story as well. Uh, Also on the program today, nine times the church was in turmoil and came out stronger than before. Steve Weidenkopf has got a book coming out called Light from Darkness. You know, we think of our times, we think of how crazy and terrible our times may be. Well, uh, it's happened before, and we're going to have Steve Weidenkopf on to talk about uh, past times in the church's history where life was incredibly difficult, chaotic, and worse. Uh, should that inspire you? I don't know. I hope so. Anyway, Steve Weidenkopf coming up at 35 past the hour. A lot to talk about today on Catholic Drive Time. Good morning to you, Janice. Good morning, Joe. Talk about barely surviving the weekend. Yes. Uh, what happened to you? I stubbed my toe over the weekend, unfortunately, <sighs> and I've been uh, oh. limping and... um. My nail, my toenail actually oh, don't almost like, that. Ow. <laughs> I've never had that experience, but um, thankfully I had a, a, a loving husband who uh, helped me uh, recover by putting all the first aid on me. And, <laughs> and uh, oh, well, praise be to God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you, uh, loving husband. That's amazing. Praise be to mm-hmm. Jesus. Well, I, that hurts. I've done that before. Um, how it hurts incredibly. It, how long does it take to come back like fully recovered? Well, months. No, months. Months. <laughs> months. Now, your your toe will feel better probably in a few days, but the nail is going to look pretty gruesome for a while. Okay. Yeah, that'll be fun, huh? The nail is still intact, but it Praise was God. it was bleeding on the edges. Um, anyways, uh, <laughs> it's kind of graphic. <laughs> Our audience is like, ah, oh, this is not the best way to start the morning. <laughs> Speaking of which, Adrian Fonseca is here on the ones and twos. Good morning to you, Adrian. Speaking of. Uh, not the best way to start the morning. I'm sorry, what? Uh, well, it, that's it, okay. That's was, all right. It's yeah, Nonetheless, it's still good to be here. It's was that the out loud voice again? But, I'm, you know, I'm working on it. I'm my uh, on. my friend Heidel, who's a seminarian with the fraternity of St. Peter, he asked uh, for prayers because he starts his silent retreat. And God willing, he will be tonsured in a couple months if everything wow. goes well. So praise be to God. Make tonsures great again. Amen. That's amazing. Amen. Now, do, is he going to get just a clipping or do they do the shaving? Yeah, like, unfortunately, the fraternity only does the clipping. They clip mm. the four corners to make a cross with the hair. Yeah. They don't do the traditional full tonsure where they shave off the middle of the hair mm. and the center of the head. Now, that would be pretty dope. That would be. But um, they do a they do a different a tonsure. There's different kinds of tonsure. Tons yeah. of them. There'd be a whole show in and of itself. Should we do a show on tonsures? Uh, would people be interested I in don't, that? I doubt it. <laughs> I would be interested in that. Would you? I don't know. Uh, Janice, what do you think? I think so. I think it'd be fun because Adrian would bring his personality to it and 
It'll Maybe, bring a good laugh. Should we tonsure him to, as a part of the demonstration? We we oh. talked about <laughs> the uh, what the circumstance would be that we mm. that I tonsure myself. That would be fascinating. Mm. Could be. Mm-hmm. I could see it. All right. Well, praise be to God. We're going to do a uh, breaking news and stories here with Janice here in a moment. We'll have Saint of the Day, Gospel of the Day. And then, of course, if uh, time allows, we'll have a uh, gospel reflection. Thanks to verboom.com forward slash GRN. In the What's Concerning Us section, good news for uh, Cardinal Burke. Uh, some some bad news for Christians in Afghanistan and the rescue effort. Of course, the Taliban has now taken over the airport there in Kabul, so we'll be praying about that. And then uh, there's a story about a uh, Marine lieutenant colonel who criticized higher command, was relieved of his job, and now has resigned his commission. I might uh, jump into that story, as well as a bunch of other stories, uh, including the hurricane. So lots to discuss in the What's Concerning Us. And as I said, at 35 past the hour, Steve Weidenkopf is going to be on to talk about his upcoming book from Catholic Answers, uh, Catholic Press. Uh, We are going to talk about nine times the church was in turmoil and came out stronger than before. So let's jump into this and uh, have a great show. And by the way, in the second hour, for all of those that can join us, we have another round of fear and trembling this week, and the prize is like $140 value. So it's kind of a big thing, thanks to Benedicta Catholic Art for generously providing the gift this week to give away. So tune in for that in the next hour. If you are able, you can do so right on our website, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. And if you're watching us live on a video stream, smash the share button. We'd be grateful. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known. That anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy. Hear and answer me. Amen. And now the headlines with Janice. Good morning. This is Catholic Drive Time. I'm Janice Valenzuela, and here are your headline news for today. From LifeSite News, Bishop Athanasius Snyder has decided to grant a religious exemption letter to avoid abortion-tainted jabs to all members in the confraternity of Our Lady of Fatima. From LifeSite News, the Biden administration's State Department is reportedly blocking the rescue of Afghan Christian converts seeking to flee the now Taliban-run nation in order to escape an almost certain and unimaginable death. Cardinal Burke writes a public letter of gratitude sharing he is no longer in the ICU and is recovering from his illness in a hospital room. He is expressing his immense gratitude for all the prayers and support he's received. Praise God. From Blaze News, President Joe Biden refused to address the Afghan situation this past Sunday when asked about the ongoing critical situation following a briefing that addressed Hurricane Ida. From Blaze News, Hurricane Ida made a landfall in Louisiana earlier on Sunday and has caused catastrophic damage for the Gulf Coast as the second most intense hurricane to ever make landfall in the Bayou State. As the nation debates whether children should be forced to wear face masks at at schools, Dr. Anthony Fauci is now advocating for COVID-19 vaccination to be a condition of attending school this year. From Epic Times, Hurricane Ida ravaged the coast of Louisiana with a catastrophic winds of 
uh, destroying 450,000 homes with power. Many have lost power on Sunday night. Gas prices are expected to rise as Hurricane Ida shuts down 95% of Gulf's oil production. Hurricane Ida shut down more than 95% of the Gulf of Mexico's oil production, said regulators, suggesting that Category 4 storm will have a significant impact on the energy supply and gas prices. From Epic Times, the former chairman of the state Senate Judiciary Committee, Senator Lindsey Graham, has rebuked the Biden administration handling of the withdrawal of the U.S. troops from Afghanistan, saying that the U.S. president will be dealing with the catastrophe for decades to come. From Epic Times, as the school season begins in August, face-to-face classes are resuming in school districts of Los Angeles. But parents and students are faced with face mandates and are protesting against these regulations. A recent Government Accountability Office survey shows that at least 10 federal agencies have plans to expand their use of facial recognition technology over the next two years as a prospect that alarms privacy advocates who worry about the lack of oversight. And then lastly, from Catholic News Agency, Pope Francis on Sunday urged Christians to intensify their prayer, penance, and fasting for the situation in Afghanistan as he entrusted the souls of those who have died in God's mercy. And those are your headline news for this morning. God love you and have a blessed Monday. The saint of the day is Blessed Vicente Cabanes Cabandenes. He was born on the 25th of February in 1908 in Torrent, Valencia, Spain. He was the eldest of four brothers and studied at the University of, University of Valencia in the Institute of Criminal Studies. He joined the Capuchin Tertiary Fathers and Brothers of Our Lady of Sorrows on the 12th of March, 1923. He was ordained a priest in 1932 in the Diocese of Madrid, Spain. He became superior of the Prince of Austria's Reform School in Madrid in September 1933 and head of the Psychopedagogic Council of the Reformatory in Amuro, Spain, in the October of 1934. In each place, he used both psychology and spiritual direction to turn around the lives of young people. He was arrested by militiamen on the 27th of August, 1936, about six weeks into the Spanish Civil War, for the crime of being a priest. His captors tried to force him to renounce his faith, but Father Vincente refused. They then propped him up beside a barn in the meadow of Saint of San Bartolome de Ordeno and shot him several times with rifles and left him for dead. He was badly wounded. Father Vicente managed to reach a friend's house and was taken to a hospital, but died three days later. And having made his final confession and forgiven his murderer, his murderers, he died on the 30th of August, 1936, in a hospital in Bilbao, Visea, Spain, from gunshot wounds that he received on the 27th of August. He was beatified on the 11th of March, 2001, by Pope John Paul II. Blessed Vicente. Pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from Luke chapter 4, verses 16 through 30. Jesus came to Nazareth, where he had grown up, and went according to his custom into the synagogue on the Sabbath day. He stood up to read and was handed a scroll of the prophet Isaiah. He unrolled the scroll and found the passage where it was written. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because He has anointed me to bring glad tidings to the poor. 
He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, and to proclaim a year acceptable to the Lord. Rolling up the scroll, he handed it back to the attendant and sat down, and the eyes of all in the synagogue looked intently at him. He said to them, Today this scripture passage is fulfilled in your hearing. And all spoke highly of him and were amazed at the gracious words that came from his mouth. They also asked, Is this not the son of Joseph? He said to them, Surely you will quote me this proverb, Physician, cure yourself, and say, Do hear in your native place the things that we heard were done in Capernaum. And he said, Amen, I say to you, no prophet is accepted in his own native place. Indeed, I tell you, there were many widows, many widows in Israel in the days of Elijah, when the sky was closed for three and a half years, and a severe famine spread over the entire land. It was to none of these that Elijah was sent, but only to a widow in Zarephath, in the land of Sidon. Again, there were many lepers in Israel during the time of Elisha the prophet, yet none of them were cleansed but only Naaman the Syrian. When the people in the synagogue heard this, they were all filled with fury. They rose up, drove him out of the town, and led him to the brow of the hill on which their, own, on which their town had been built to hurl him down headlong. But he passed through the midst of them and went away. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. You see that? Two Gentiles were the recipients of the blessings and the miracles from the hands of Elijah and Elisha from God. And Jesus is pointing this out. Their lack of faith is a big issue here. And Ambrose speculates that is it even possible for those that would cast him out of their town to be saved at all? Ambrose is like a hammer today upon this issue. I wish I had a lot more time to read some of these quotes. It's pretty insane. He says that in vain can you expect the aid of divine mercy if you grudge to others the fruits of their virtue. The Lord despises the envious and withdraws the miracles of his power from them that are jealous of his divine blessings in others. For our Lord's incarnation is an evidence of his divinity, and his invisible things are proved to us by those which are visible. See then what evils envy produces. For envy, a country is deemed unworthy of the works of its citizens, which was worthy of the conception of the Son of God. Let's not cast Jesus out of our towns today, or our hearts, or our minds, or off of our lips, but let's give God praise. On the other side of this break, we're going to dive into some stories that concern us. All that is coming up next. Catholic Drive Time will be right back. Glorianshine.com, a generous underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Glorianshine.com is a Catholic family-owned company making a variety of personal care products ranging from lotions, soap bars, gift boxes, body mist, beard care, and more. At Glorianshine.com, they state their mission is to, quote, craft every product with deep intention while holding a vision of sharing the gospel. They are good for the body, mind, and soul, unquote. God love you, Glorianshine.com. Thank you again. 
The next National Men's March to End Abortion is Monday, November 15th in Baltimore. We will gather outside of a local abortion center and march to our rally point outside of the USCCB Fall Assembly. Men, it's time. We are killing unborn children by the millions. Yet how many men should be here? But where have all the good men gone? Where are you? Go to themensmarch.com for more information and commit to join us on November 15th in Baltimore. Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. Jesus Christ, welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspiring. Praise be to God, it's good to be on with you. Coming up at 35 past the hour, Steve Weidenkopf is going to be our guest from, uh, he's got a book coming out from Catholic Answers called Light from Darkness. Nine times the church was in turmoil and came out stronger than before. Good conversation, especially in light of our current circumstances, and uh, we're looking forward to that at 35 past the hour. By the way, real quick, this Friday I'm coming to hang out with some uh, some good friends, Catholic support, Catholic radio supporters in San Antonio. So uh, if you're in that market and you want to hang out, uh, I'll be going to the Safa Dove Hunt, and we'd love to see you there. Make sure to look for information about that event on Safa's website, but also on the GRN South and Central Texas Facebook group. They've got it posted as well, but I'll be there on Friday. Let's dive into some of these stories that are out and uh, that are very, very concerning. Good news about Cardinal Burke uh, no longer being in the ICU. Uh, uh, Janice reported on this story. He's got a letter that he wrote just thanking everybody around the whole world who prayed for him. And we give God praise that he is in recovery. Uh, his situation looked very serious there for a while, and he's uh, and he's on the mend. So praise be to God. Thank you, Lord, for for uh, helping Cardinal Burke recover. We pray for all those suffering, especially those that are in the hospital and are dealing with this, uh, you know, especially if it's very serious for them. Uh, and we also continue to keep our prayers open for those impacted by the storm. And I am grateful that so far uh, the casualty count seems very low. Now, I thought I saw a report that said there was one person uh, who has died from this. I can't confirm that. I can't seem to put my hands on that report now. So I'm very grateful that it's mostly just damage and flooding, but not really a casualty count. So 16 years to the day for a very serious storm like this, um, uh, 16 years to the day of Hurricane Katrina, in essentially the same spot of landing, is pretty intense. So praise be to God, there's not more people that are um, dying from this or, or seriously hurt, uh, but we are going to continue to keep them in our prayers. This was a very, very serious storm. I want to jump into this story here out of the blaze. And uh, this came up last week. It was a very concerning story. Uh, the headline goes like this. All volunteer team of U.S. veterans launched daring mission in Kabul, uh, Kabul rather, rescue hundreds, even as American military is hamstrung. Now, I think this is awesome. This is inspiring to me to see these veterans of ours uh, going to out of their own way, um, going to rescue people out of Afghanistan. But they aren't the only one. There's a lot of people trying to rescue folks and to include um, 
the Nazarene Fund, which raised $30 million last week. And this is a story out of LifeSite. It's also being reported over Catholic News Agency as well. But the LifeSite article uh, goes like this. Biden, White House, and State Department blocking rescue of Christians from Afghanistan. And this was a very concerning story. The article reads a little bit. Uh, the Biden administration, State Department, is reportedly blocking the rescue of Afghani Christian converts seeking to flee the now Taliban-run nation in order to escape an almost certain and unimaginably grotesque death. With the August 31st deadline looming to get in, uh, endangered people out of Afghanistan, conservative radio and TV commentator Glenn Beck quickly raised $30 million to charter planes to airlift Christians who have been uh, all but abandoned to the Taliban, if not condemned to death by the Biden administration. Quote, the State Department has blocked us every step of the way, unquote, Beck told Fox News host Tucker Carlson in a Thursday night interview. Quote, the State Department and the White House have been the biggest problem. Everyone else has been working together, putting aside differences and trying to get these people to safety, unquote. He goes on to say, the State Department and the White House have blocked us every single step of the way, he reiterated. Now, here's the deal. Um... They hired their own planes. They have their own vets helping out. They go in there. They try to get these Christians out of the country to safety. They've rescued some, I guess it's now 5,000. Um, but they're stuck in like sort of a halfway point because some of the countries, like Macedonia, for instance, some of the countries that were scheduled, said that they would take these people, were called by the State Department and told not to take them now. So uh, the Nazarene Fund, Glenn Beck, and those that are a part of that are now desperately looking for new countries to take these uh, refugees who are Christians. And there are further reports. I mean, Senator Tom Cotton, in his interview with Glenn Beck, uh, confirmed that he also heard reports that the State Department made those phone calls and said to these countries, do not take them. And there are further reports that, especially CNA is reporting this, that these, that these people were pulled off of the tarmac in Kabul. They were about to board planes, and they were pulled off and sent back on the other side of the wall, the other side of the gate, and now aren't able to get in. The very same gate where the suicide bomber attacked uh, last week. This is a very concerning story. Why would our current administration not help make easier, assist, or at the very least just get out of the way uh, of private organizations trying to rescue uh, Afghan Christians, trying to get out of this country before it's too late for them. I mean, over the weekend I saw that the Taliban has taken over management of the, report, of the airport completely. I mean, there's video out of Al Jazeera of the reporter with the Taliban and the Taliban are are pointing out where the American soldiers are behind which doors, which, which gates, where they're located. And they are freely walking around this airport now in all sectors in totally in control of, of the airport. And they said uh, they wouldn't share any more details with her because she was not dressed appropriately. <laughs> that must've been awkward. She did have a, uh, a shawl on or something like that, but she wasn't wearing a, the, the, the hijab or the burqa or what have you. I don't know what they're requiring these days. But, you know, the reports say that Taliban are open and 
they're going to be more lenient upon women. I mean, but the uh, we're seeing reports that they've already gone door to door. They already have a hit list. They already know who they're looking for. And thanks to the current administration, they have been handed a list of the Americans left in in the city and in Afghanistan. And uh, I don't know. Should we trust them? Apparently, our current administration now not only trusts them, but is set to, according to the rumors, set to recognize them as the official government of the country, who is also, by the way, already coordinating with uh, the communist government in China to participate in the Belt and Roads Initiative, which, if you're not aware of that, China gives billions of dollars to countries around the world for infrastructure plans. The, bo- the, the downside is, well, the, now they're on the hook. They're in debt to the communist government. And if you fail to pay, the communist government comes collecting which means they now have sovereignty over land and property in your country, and there's not much you can say about it. So apparently, according to some of the reports, uh, the Belt and Road Initiative in Afghan is going to be a pipeline from Iran of oil going to, to China, to the very region of China where the communist government has enslaved its Muslim Uyghur population. Kind of a contradiction, but that's the way it goes these days. Um, here's another story re- related to Afghanistan that I was very interested in, having served in the Marine Corps. There was, uh, this is out of the Stars and Stripes. Headline says, viral Marine who demanded accountability for Afghanistan's failures says, I'm resigning my commission. So last week, this lieutenant colonel from North Carolina, a battalion commander, kind of a big deal. He put out a video on social media, on Facebook, and I think it got put on Twitter as well where he criticized senior command to say we should not have have uh, ev- evacuated, abandoned Bagram Air Force Base. We certainly should not have left, left all of our weapons, caches, intelligence, and other assets behind just to be given over to Taliban so easy after 20 years of fighting them. And uh, he criticized higher command. And I, I was very proud of him for doing so because as I've said, I said this last week, you know, If you're an enlisted person and you do something as simple as fall asleep on watch or you wake up late for duty or or there's a number of small infractions that you could commit that you will be prosecuted to the full extent of the Uniform Code of Military Justice. You will be court-martialed or you'll receive office hours. You will be punished for these small infractions. And yet, we see these ginormous, chaotic, crazy decisions made by senior leadership in command and in the current administration. And who gets, who gets held accountable for that? Almost no one. It's a complete um, dystopian situation in many ways. And this lieutenant colonel had the courage to put his comments online. And many, he said, many Marines have told him, take it down. It's not worth it. Nothing will change, and you will be punished. It's not worth it. Take it down. And he said, no, unless we have the courage to stand up and say that, speak the truth, then you're right. Nothing will ever change. Well, he got relieved of command. And so he has now uh, apparently decided he is going to resign his commission and um, be processed out of the Marine Corps. I don't know what's in his future. I have asked him uh, if he would like to be on. And I hope that I can make that happen. I would love to uh, to have a conversation with him about that. But he doesn't seem he seems at peace. He doesn't seem too troubled by the turn of events. I can imagine after spending almost twenty years in the Marine Corps, it's kind of a big deal. Adrian, you know the thing that's interesting about that is I was just thinking about going back to Colonel Ripley and how he would talk about how 
the he, the same man that he fought in war with that had bullets whizzing past them past them and they were brave they were courageous they would run into battle they were amazing heroes whenever they get back into the mainland back into yeah. the states that they their courage kind of went away they were not as brave they were not willing to say the hard things they were not able to stand up against their peers they were not able to stand up against congress and testify um and they and i think that, that takes so much courage because uh, colonel ripley makes the point you know it's it's sometimes it's harder to stand up against uh your your friends and family in your home country and stand up and say what is right say what is true than it is to go and die for your friends and family he said it's easier to die for your friends and family than it is to stand up for the truth yeah it takes great courage and in the marine corps or military in general all branches uh heck even the air force I, i tease i tease um there's a there's a culture there where you don't really rock the boat. You don't you don't say things that are going to put your your career in jeopardy. So it takes great courage to to do these types of things. Now, if you watch his video, which is posted to his Facebook page, you, you'll see it's not like he's trying to burn the whole thing down. He's just saying common sense, uh, even keeled stuff. It's not as though he is uh, he's some crazy guy out there. He's a battalion commander, for crying out loud. You don't get to be a battalion commander and be a crazy person. So very even-keeled, very common sense, but courageous because he, he knew it was right to say. The, this whole situation absolutely should have been handled differently than it was. We needed to exit, but we could have done it and should have done it in a far better way. Lives have been lost now, and I think more is still to come, unfortunately. And he has stood his ground on this principle, and it has cost him his career. And we'll, let's pray for him. And I hope, he, hope he'll come on the show. I'd love to talk to him more. Uh, praise be to God. Patty, our friend over on uh, Facebook, she mentions that uh, there's a, a bunch of other people who are also rescuing people from out of their own pockets, even. Uh, she, she mentions uh, a congresswoman out of Florida who's been doing that. I was thinking of uh, some uh, journalists who've been trying to rescue their colleagues from Afghanistan and so many others. Unfortunately, it takes that because the current administration seems to be making things harder. Let's pray. We'll be right back for breaking news. All that's coming up next. Don't go anywhere. Atheists often argue they don't need to give reasons for their position because they simply lack a belief in God. The assumption being theists alone have the burden of proof. But is this rational? The answer is no, and here's the reason. Atheism can't simply be a lack of belief. Dogs lack belief in God, but that doesn't make dogs atheists. Atheism makes a claim about the world. Namely, God doesn't exist. As such, atheists, along with theists, must shoulder the burden of proof. Even if an atheist says he simply hasn't found any good evidence for God, he would still have to prove why the evidence theists give for God is not good evidence. No matter how an atheist looks at it, he can't sit the sidelines when it comes to defending his position on the question of God's existence. I'm Carlo Broussard with a ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. 
They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. This is Janice Valenzuela, and here are your headline news for today. Vatican News, Pope Francis has named Monsignor Guido Marini, the master of papal liturgical ceremonies, as the new bishop of Toronto in northern Italy. From Vatican News, following Sunday, Angelus, Pope Francis expressed his closeness to the people of Venezuelan state of Merida, which has been struck by torrential rains and ensuing landslides. President Joe Biden and First Lady Jill Biden met with the families of 13 U.S. service members killed in a bombing near the Kabul airport last week. At least 170 Afghans were killed in the blast. The priest who is responsible for the Catholic Church's presence in Afghanistan asked for prayer just before the Taliban took over control of the country's capital, Kabul. Catholic News Agency reports Polish Catholic bishops leader sends blessing to EWTN's European meeting. From Catholic News Agency, despite ongoing rumors, there is no confirmation that states Pope Francis is drafting a documentation that defines the role and task of, of the papal seat. The nor are there any signs that Pope Francis may soon give up the Petrine ministry as Benedict XVI did before him. Crux now reports Judge Block's Texas order on immigrants, which allows Catholic charities to work. A state judge has halted an order by Texas Governor Greg Abbott bearing non-government vehicles from transporting immigrants. This paves the way for Catholic charities of the Rio Grande Valley and other organizations to continue their work. The Catholic Church in Ethiopia has suspended emergency delivery of aid and Tigray following the escalation of fighting and tensions in the region and the country's north. Bishop Almston of Phoenix encourages vaccination, supports conscience exemptions through employers. Bishop Almston acknowledged that there there has been many who have asked for, for from their pastors to grant them exemptions, but noted that it is its employers who grant exemptions, not pastors. Three pontifical universities accept Italy's Green Pass protocol the Pontifical University of St. Thomas Aquinas, the Pontifical Lateran University, and the Pontifical Anthem Regina Apostolorum has confirmed that they will require the COVID-19 plan for all staff and students. From the Epic Times, President Joe Biden has been warned by commanders that another terrorist attack is highly likely to happen in the next 24 to 36 hours. This was reported on Sunday night. From Time Magazine, Hurricane Ida knocked out power of all New Orleans and inundated coastal Louisiana communities on a deadly path through the Gulf Coast that was still unfolding Monday, promising more destruction 
And those are your headline news for this morning. God love you and have a blessed Monday. Praise be to God in all things. Thank you, Janice, for keeping us up to date. Steve Weidenkopf is supposed to be our guest. He's supposed to jump on at any moment. When he does, we're going to have a conversation around uh, his uh, upcoming book, Light from Darkness, Nine Times the Church Was in Turmoil and Came Out Stronger than before. I think it should be a good conversation. You know, I've seen a lot on um, line recently, Twitter, I think in particular, but I've seen it on other social platforms where Catholics will be debating on the end times. They'll be debating on whether or not the Antichrist is about to be revealed and we are in the tribulation and uh, even the three days of darkness has come up. I'm intrigued by that conversation. I, I kind of am fascinated by all of that. However, I also kind of feel, on the other hand, golly gee whiz, who has time to worry about the Antichrist coming or not coming when there is so much turmoil in the world to pay attention to? I mean, like, there is a lot of chaos out there, and I just don't have time to be tracking the, the Antichrist at the moment. But uh, And we don't know the time, right? We don't know the day or the hour. Our Lord has said that, but he did say also pay attention to the signs. So I'll be fascinated with a conversation with Steve Weidenkopf, because there have been times in church's history where the world seemed utterly at its total end, uh, as the lights flicker in the studio. <laughs> uh, thanks for the accentuation, my lord. I appreciate that. But, uh, I mean, for instance, uh, I think of uh, the the heretical popes, the popes like Alexander VI. These were very scandalous popes um, who reigned uh, and. And there was a lot of turmoil, a lot of uh, upheaval within the church in the faith. Um, I wanted to have a conversation with Diane Mozart. Uh, she has a great book called 10 Dates Every Catholic Should Know. But unfortunately, I'm told that she passed, and I did not know this. I did not catch this, and uh, I pray for the repose of her soul. 10 Dates Every Catholic Should Know by Diane Mozart was one of the best I had read in a very long time. It reminded me of reading Warren Carroll, who was my favorite church historian by far. And um, and it had that sort of feel to it, the clarity, it, a page turner. It, you know, and one, in her book, she points out the connection between apparitions, major apparitions like Fatima or even um, this, the Sacred Heart devotion that was given to France and it was – the king of France was supposed to institute this across France for all the faithful and failed to do so, which led to his own beheading. And then, of course, the French Revolution. And then, of course, uh, major apparitions in church history. And she connects these dots. And it was so good. So good. I, but I, again, I was not aware that she had passed. So we're praying for the repose of her soul. So anyway, we're hoping to get... Uh, Uh, Steve Weidenkopf on to talk about his book. Lay in the meantime, just uh, mention that there is a developing story, sort of an ongoing story. Uh, It's a follow-up to the Traditionis Custodis uh, document His Holiness Pope Francis uh, put out a few weeks back. There are a few groups within the Catholic Church that are are very faithful groups, and um, uh, the FSSP is one of them. I belong to it. And they have been. They were called to a meeting. They, you know, they were told they were coming to a meeting to um, meet with the Vatican to talk about this document, how it affects their communities. Um, the FSSP is a group, as I said, is completely uh, obedient and in communion with Rome, the Holy See, that provides the traditional form of not only the Mass but the traditional form of piety in parish community under the uh, obedience of local bishops. And um, very concerned about 
how this would affect their charism. And so they've asked all of us to pray. And Janice, I know you're a part of this community as well. Yes, I am. Do, turn your mic on. Uh, you saw the, the first initial prayer request that came out. Yes, I did. I got a, I got an email from Father Van Fleet here in Houston, Texas. And um, yeah, I, I, I saw the petition he made for the uh, the novena. And yeah, definitely did concern me that uh, there was you know, a lot of uncertainty about yeah. the future of the FSSP. Well, you know, what's interesting is oh, one thing has already happened. They, the organization within the Vatican that has uh, sort of oversight over the communities like this, and there are others, like, for, instu- uh, for instance, the Institute of Christ the King, uh, has been switched now. And so there's a new statement out uh, on the FSSP website that I'd like to read a, po- a portion of it at least to you. It says, uh, it says like this, quote, Dear members of the confraternity, the motu proprio tr- traditionis custodis and its accompanying letter from Pope Francis have shocked us all. We have not yet been informed of any definitive decisions regarding the future of the priestly fraternity of St. Peter and its apostolates. Even though the first reactions of various bishops have been rather reassuring and have not involved any significant restrictions, nevertheless, in the coming weeks, various bishops' conferences will discuss the matter on the occasion of this motu proprio and possibly take decisions that will be groundbreaking for us. The Roman Congregation for Religious Orders, which is the future, which in the future will be responsible for us, instead of the Ecclesia Dei Commission, will also begin its work in a few weeks and will also make the first decisions concerning the priestly fraternity of St. Peter. The day go on to ask for prayers uh, for a good outcome. Uh, they, aren't, they aren't in any way uh, seeking uh, any divisions or any of that. That's definitely not uh, what's going on here. But there is a real concern, and I was thinking about this over the weekend you know, we have given, uh, we give much respect and opportunity to other traditions within the Catholic Church. Think about the Maronites. Think about the Syro-Malabarians. Think about the Anglicans, even. Um, or the Byzantines. The Byzantines, mm-hmm. the, um, the Ruthenians, the, the Russians, Chaldeans. the Chaldeans, the Greeks, the Coptics. I mean, we can go on and on and on, all of which are allowed to retain their tradition, their customs, uh, their, their liturgies, none of which are being suppressed in any way, shape, or form. Um, but for some odd reason, the traditional Latin customs and piety is now seemingly under the spotlight in a big way from the Vatican. And what is very concerning to me is the switch of who gets oversight between Ecclesia Dei and this new Roman, con- uh, the Roman Congregation for Religious Orders. Adrian, I, I think that this is uh, not a good thing, let's just say. No, not at all. And I have, I have, yeah, I think that there's so many things that can, that are going to be fruits of this. And, you know, what our Lord said about fruit, not everything bears good fruit. This, I think, is going to be bearing bad fruit, so it's Let's go to break. We're going to come right back and uh, continue our conversation about this and why it should matter, even if you've never been to a traditional Latin Mass, why you should continue to pray for these communities in solidarity, for uh, an intent of unity. Amen? We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. Catholic Drive Time headed your way. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. 
Have you ever noticed what happens when people set out to destroy the church? They don't destroy the church, but they manage to wreck everything else. G.K. Chesterton says men who begin to fight the church for the sake of freedom and humanity end up flinging away freedom and humanity if only they may fight the church. The secularists have not managed to destroy divine things, but they have destroyed secular things. Thanks to the war against the church, the world is a mess. We have more disorder, more distress, more discontent than ever before. And that's why we must defend the faith. By defending God's truth, we are defending all truth. By defending the church, we are saving the world. Want more than a minute? Chesterton.org Hi, Joe McLean here, host of the Catholic Drive Time, heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern, right here. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of the Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations. Real Estate for Life offers their clients a faith-based experience. Real Estate for Life is online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired, I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. If you can join us in the next hour, we would love to have you. Uh, We play our trivia game in the next hour, and it's always a lot of fun. You might learn something new, but the prizes are the real winner. And uh, this week, we have a wonderful prize. It's like $140 value um, from... uh, uh, our prize sponsor this week, which is Benedicta Catholic Art. And you can find them over on Etsy, etsy.com forward slash shop forward slash Benedicta Catholic Art. They're giving away a medallion of the Sacred Heart of Jesus this week. And uh, praise be to God for that. So we will give you three chances to win this particular item uh, coming up in the next hour. If you can and want to, you can join us right on our webpage, by the way, at grnonline.com forward slash CDT. You can watch live and comment live there, as well as watch on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter. We're also over at Odyssey. If you've never been on Odyssey, it is a great backup to YouTube because censorship is real. And we are live streaming there, and you can comment there as well. So lots of ways, but all of the links can be found right on our website, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. Praise be to God. Not sure why Steve Weidenkopf is not on with us. Maybe we can rebook him. We do have some great shows lined up for you this week. Um, Dr. Robert Moynihan is going to be on tomorrow. He's got a book, I just finished it, called Finding Vigano, and it's the first volume of a two-part series. So I'm looking forward to the next one, but we're going to have a conversation around, you know, sort of the mystery of of Carlo Maria Vigano and um, why he did what he did, where he's at now, what's going on, all of that. We'll have a conversation with him tomorrow about that. And then uh, Tom and Jen uh, Satterley are going to be on Wednesday. Tom is former Delta Force. Uh, you remember movie Black Hawk Down, Mogadishu? Tom was there. Um, he spent a career in the, in the Delta Force and Special Forces community. Now he has, has an organization called AllSecureFoundation.org where they help vets who are coming back and they need help. Whether it's addictions, suicide, or more, they help vets and they help their families. And we're going to talk about Afghanistan, and we'll talk about their organization as well. That's coming up on Wednesday. So a lot of great content is headed your way this week on Catholic Drive Time. Let's jump back into this story 
with the FSSP and other traditional communities. Now, again, over the weekend, I was thinking about all of the traditions within the church that we don't seem to have a problem with, but we do have a problem within the Latin side of things. Greek and, and all Coptic, as I mentioned, all these others, even, even the, uh, the Anglicans have their own liturgy. By the way, um, I've been to it many times. It's quite beautiful, uh, quite reverent, smells and bells all the way, altar rails. It's, it's, it's quite lovely. Um, but they're allowed to have their traditions. But somehow, some way, there seems to be an issue with uh, these communities that are now uh, at, at stake. And there's a lot at stake for them. It is their charism. It is their charism. And I think that's very important to point out. And, uh, and I'm going to ask the two of you, why did the, why would you say, what would you say to somebody who's never been to a Latin Mass, never intends to go to a Latin Mass, they're completely fine uh, with their, the Mass at their Novus Ordo Parish, why should they even pray that there is uh, like a security for these types of organizations? What would you guys say to that? Well, one thing that I think is incredibly important is the patrimony of the church, because we have to hold on to what is handed on to us. It's, an, it's a mandate uh, from Scripture. St. Paul uh, mandates us to hand on. Uh, literally, the word tradi- tradition comes from the word tradere, which is to hand on, physically hand on. And we look at the uh, the church fathers, we look at the time of the persecutions and what happened. They called them uh, traderes, those who were traitors to the faith. And who were the traitors to the faith? They were the ones who would give up the tradition because they would physically hand over the copies of the gospel. They would hand over the copies of the texts of the fathers and of the letters of the saints. They'd hand them over to the emperor, to the soldiers, for that, so that way they may be burned. And these were the uh, the traitors, the traderes, because they handed on. They not just handed on to the to those underneath them, but handed it over, and that was the the problem. And so we, as Catholics, were not this group that uh, just pops out of nowhere. I was listening to some political commentators, and they're talking about how. America is this revolutionary country and we need to, we ha- we can't be running into this whole, uh, aristocracy. We can't go into this monarchy and we can't, we, we are revolutionary country, but that's a problem because as Catholics, we are not revolutionary. We grab what is given to us. We take what is given to us and we pass it on to our children and to our grandchildren and to, and so forth onward. And it's a love for our faith. It's a love for our fathers. Yeah. And seeing that this was the mass that St. Therese of Lisieux went to. This was the mass that St. Uh, that St. Joan of Arc went to. Mm. Like these many, many saints. This is why they call it the mass of the saints. Because all the saints, all the fathers, St. Thomas Aquinas wrote the Corpus Christi mass. We see the, the influence of our fathers before us and it is, it connects us with our past. And so for that reason alone, mm. that's why the, in Europe, we talked about the Latin mass society of England and Wells a couple weeks ago, and he talked about how after the council, they requested, hey, can we have permission to continue this Mass, not for liturgical reasons or theological reasons, but purely from a cultural perspective, we should retain this liturgy because yeah. it belongs to the culture of our people. Yeah, I guess that's part of what gets me, too, as a guy who's kind of a Johnny-come-lately uh, to the traditional form of piety. Um, I, I, as a kid growing up, Protestant, or mostly secular, like I the 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 idea of tradition being ingrained in who you are, in your family, in your culture, in your just the way you you think of the world. Uh, like I didn't have that. So when like when I first met my wife, and 
Uh, and she introduced me to her loud and crazy family, her Portuguese family, all living in the same town, like on the same streets. I'm like, are you kidding me? I don't even know who my cousins are for crying out loud. Like I, like I met them, but like I don't remember their names or hang out with them. Like it just seems so foreign to me. And yet from that same culture comes things like Eucharistic processions and feast days that are celebrated on a grand scale. Like it's not just it's not just a religious thing. It's part of their very fiber as people. Like I had no appreciation for that. So coming into the traditional form of the piety, the first step for me was growing in in love for things like Latin, which I struggled with for a long time. I was like, oh my heavens, why are we doing this? And but then it grows on you. And as it began to grow on me, I began to love what I was seeing unfold before me because my eyes felt like they were opening up. And now it's like. I ask the question, well, what is tradition? Is it just the liturgy? No, of course not. It goes way beyond that. And to me, I think that's part of what's at stake here. It's not just the liturgy, which is obviously the highest form of the Mass, highest form of prayer, but it's also the entire patrimony of tradition itself. It's the culture that gets ingrained you know, into our, our human experience. And I feel like that's at stake for the Latin uh, church. But yet we give, we, we obviously provide for, give to, and uh, um, make sure it can continue with these uh, other forms. Like, um, like I said, the Greeks, Russians, Anglicans, Ruthenians, the Coptics, I mean, Syro-Malabarian, Chaldean, although Chaldean has pretty much become exactly like the, uh, the Novus Ordo Mass. But um, at any rate, they still have their own customs and traditions that re- are retained. Praise be to God. I don't know. I, I feel like every Catholic should be concerned about this, not just the Catholics who go to TLMs. I feel like every Catholic should want and desire a, a, a retention of the tradition and patrimony of the church, especially within communities who are not schismatic, who are not trying to create divisions, who are, in fact, under the authority of His Holiness Pope Francis and their local ordinaries. It seems rather peculiar to me. Yes, I will uh, like to add that definitely I agree with you uh, 100%. Something that comes to my mind is uh, something from the catechism of the Catholic Church. You know, the the Church uh, teaches in the catechism that our faith is passed down through the sacred word and tradition. And so tradition and the word go hand in hand to pass down the faith for generations to come. And so I think back like what um, Adrian was saying about the richness of uh, the tradition of the church and what you're mentioning about your experience with tradition as as something uh, that is worthy of being passed down um, to future generations. And so I think that when you attack something that is part of the Catholic church from its tradition, it's Mm. you're, you're not allowing that richness that, that, that particular part of the Catholic Church to be passed down to our younger generations. And I, my, my, I myself, um, so I grew up uh, as a child in, in, I guess what you would call a Catholic charismatic community. Um, the charismatic community uh, I absolutely love and, and cherish and had great memories being part of the charismatic community growing up. But it wasn't until I was 19 that I was a freshman in college. I was introduced to the Latin Mass when I was uh, attending college in California. And the first impression I got was that everyone there was very 
very reverent. Mm. And just um, there was a sense of like a spirit of contemplation that um, took over the entire community. And um, I went, I guess I, I feel like in, when I was part of the charismatic Catholic community, um, the, the spirit that I, I primarily had was a spirit of uh, of um, like exhortation, a spirit of uh, zeal, which is beautiful. And I think it's definitely necessary in the church. But going to the Latin mass community, I did discover a, a renewed discovery for contemplation, silence, um, meditation, just a, a different level of prayer. Um, of intention, right? Intentionality. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. Yeah, totally. And I, I did see that a lot of a lot of the people that were there were actually uh, young families, um, very well educated Catholics. Mm. And I was really impressed with how devout the, the community of the Latin Mass uh, was yeah. in California. Amen. I love mm-hmm. the diversity of uh, of those that attend the TLM. You know, they come from all walks of life, all languages, and we're all united in the liturgy uh, in Latin that brings us together. I, I'm always blown away by the beauty of that. At any rate, uh, we are going to go to uh, a break, and if you can join us in the second hour, we're going to have fun. Upbeat stories are coming your way, plus the game show. A lot to do and talk about still Coming up in the next hour, for those of you that are going to hang out with us, you can do so right on our website or one of the links that's linked up there at grnonline.com forward slash cdt. That's grnonline.com forward slash cdt. Dr. Robert Moynihan will be our guest tomorrow. We'll see you then. God bless you. God love you. Have a great day. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. The Bible says to call no man father, so why do we call our priests father? In Matthew 23, verse 9, it says, And call no man your father on earth, for you have one father who is in heaven. Notice that this verse makes no distinction between spiritual fathers, which is what priests are, and biological fathers. This passage says that no man is to be called father. Therefore, you cannot distinguish between calling a priest father and calling the man who is married to your mother father. But is that actually what this passage is saying? Or is Jesus warning us against trying to usurp the fatherhood of God, which is what the Pharisees and scribes were doing? They wanted all attention focused on them. They were leaving God, the Father, out of the equation. And even if you just interpret this passage from Matthew 23 as an absolute ban against calling anyone your spiritual father, then there are some problems for you in the rest of Scripture. For example, Jesus in the story of Lazarus and the rich man in Luke 16 has the rich man referring to Abraham as father several times. Paul in Romans 4 refers to Abraham as the father of the uncircumcised, the Gentiles. Spiritual fatherhood, not biological fatherhood. In Acts 7 and then in Acts 22, first Stephen and then Paul referred to the Jewish priests and elders as brothers and fathers. Spiritual fatherhood. So if you interpret Matthew 23 as saying we cannot call anyone our spiritual father, then you have to believe that Jesus, Paul, and Stephen all got it wrong. 
It is okay to call priests our spiritual fathers today. We are simply imitating the example given us by Jesus, Paul, and Stephen, all of whom who used the term in a spiritual sense. As long as we remember that our true father is God the Father and that all aspects of our fatherhood, biological and spiritual, are derived from him. A beacon of truth in a troubled world. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. Glorianshine.com, a generous underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Glorianshine.com is a Catholic family-owned company making a variety of personal care products ranging from lotions, soap bars, gift boxes, body mist, beard care, and more. At Glorianshine.com, they state their mission is to, quote, craft every product with deep intention while holding a vision of sharing the gospel. They are good for the body, mind, and soul, unquote. God love you, Glorianshine.com. Thank you again. Welcome to your Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information from the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic Drive Time. Now here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to God. Good morning. You survived the weekend. Congratulations. You get to go back at it. Isn't God good? It's an amazing opportunity to be productive and uh, to do all things for the glory of God. Uh, We are praying for Louisiana and those who have been in the storm's path. It's kind of, I don't know. I don't even know how to feel about it. 16 years to the day, a Category 4 storm lands almost in the same spot. Um rather crazy to think about it if you but the good news is unlike katrina 16 years ago um ida has done a lot of damage with some flooding and the rest but it seems like the casualties are way less this time and i give god praise for that so praise be to god but we continue to pray for them they are in a state of emergency uh by the way coming up uh, this friday i'm going to be in san antonio I'm going to be going to the SAFA Dove Hunt. There, it's a it's a multi-event event. So if you go to their website, SAFA's website, you'll see their their information. But uh, I'm going to take two of my sons, and Friday after after the show, I'm going to drive on over to San Antonio and be a part of their Friday afternoon event uh, and dinner. So I'm looking forward to that. If you are going, I would love to see you there. So please make sure you stop by and say hello. You can also find the details linked up at the GRN Southeast and Central Texas Facebook page. So look for GRN online and you'll see it there. So I'll be there. Hopefully uh, you'll be there. And if you are, come by and say hi. I would love to. Uh, I'd love to meet you. So praise be to God for that. Good morning to you, Janice. Good morning, Joe. Praise be to God. Good weekend. Yes, good weekend. A lot of family time. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And you were doing the, the photography thing this weekend at, a, at an event? No, I we had a family event. Um, my cousin uh, had a quinceanera. Uh, I, I was not the photographer. I was. Uh, you I were was, just hanging out. I was with my family. <laughs> you <laughs> yeah. were off the clock and having a good time. Yeah, well, and uh, God. my cousins from Mexico came to visit, and oh, um, 
they're uh, they're in their early twenties and they they're big foodies. Uh, they nice. uh, my cousin has a food blog, and so she actually wanted me to take her to multiple restaurants to like document <laughs> for her blog. Um, That's great. She actually requested for me to take her to In and Out, so I what? took her to In and Out. <laughs> well, um, uh, did you take her to what a burger? I didn't because she water, didn't, water she, burger, she didn't even what? know what what a burger was. Um, really, she only knew what In and Out was. <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking of foodies, uh, Adrian Fonseca is here on the ones and twos. Good morning to you, Adrian. Good morning. Good morning. It's good to be here. Yeah, you love what a burger. I love Water Burger. It's, it's true. What what a burger? It has a W H. That's what I said. Water Burger. <sighs> water Burger. What a burger. The T makes a D sound. My Nobody friend. likes water on their burger. Just saying, it's not oh. a thing. It'd be like that sometimes, yeah. you know. But nonetheless, it's still good to be <laughs> did here. Did you have a good still weekend? Good to be here. I did. I had a great weekend. It was it was very nice. Um, it was got to my dad's birthday was on Saturday, so we went out to eat. Uh, we bought him a bike, so he got a bike for like his a motorcycle birthday. or a bicycle. A bicycle, well, not a motorcycle. My dad's not having his midlife crisis yet. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that was a surprise gift. That was a surprise gift. So he nice. got a he got a like, bicycle, like a mountain bike, a street bike, I a mean, hybrid hybrid bike. Oh, oh yeah. So he could ride in the in the street and in the uh, trails. So nice. my mom and my dad were going biking. My dad was using his old bike that kept on going flat on him, and he was like, "Ah, I need to replace these tires." And we were like, "Well, why don't we just buy a new bike?" He's had that bike since as long as I can remember <laughs> since I was like born. So wow, it's a very old bike. So wow. now he has a new one. I think you guys should pitch in and buy the man a Harley. I don't think he would want that, to be honest. What? I'm not sure. What, what would he want? Um, a boat or a kayak. <laughs> he w- oh, oh, kayaks are manageable. You guys can get that tomorrow. One of those things. One, Buy one the, the man a boat. I think that's a great idea. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Maybe maybe for Father's Day or, he deserves or next year or Christmas yeah. or never. Oh one, of the, one of those options. <laughs> good to one have loving options. kids, isn't it? All right. What's coming up next is good news with Janice, and then we'll do a, a Saint of the Day, Gospel of the Day. If we have time, we'll do a reflection, and then we'll play Fear and Trembling, and the prize this week is like a $140 value. It's pretty cool, thanks to our prize sponsor, which uh, happens to be Benedicta Catholic Art. It is a medallion of the Sacred Heart of Jesus, and uh, someone's going to win that this week. Could be you. You could get your chances uh, coming up at 15 past. You could Jump on our website and get the phone number early and call in and be on hold. That's an option. Uh, grnonline.com forward slash cdt. But let's pray. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of Virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. And now the good news with Janice. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. I'm Janice Valenzuela, and here are some uh, headlines for today. From Epic Times, a boy with a rare condition gets special escort on first day of school after mom's social media plea. From Catholic News Agency, Pope Francis on Saturday made several temporary changes to the Vatican's chapter of St. Peter, a group of retired priests who pray and assist in the liturgical activities of St. Peter's Basilica. The priest who is responsible responsible for the Catholic Church's presence in Afghanistan asked for prayer just before the Taliban took over the country's capital. From LifeSite News, Polish Olympian auctions off silver medal to pay for toddler's operation. 
The Catholic Olympian athlete decided to auction off the medal to pay to help pay for an eight eight-month-old child's heart heart operation. This year, Mrs. Universe is a young woman who declared glory be to God forever and ever. Amen. When she won the coveted title, Victoria Peterson is a Catholic woman using her title to champion for foster care and the pro-life movement. From Catholic News Agency, Pope Francis on Sunday urged Christians to intensify their prayer, penance and fasting for the situation in Afghanistan as he entrusted the souls to those who have died to God's mercy. A U.S. Christian family escapes Afghanistan safely midst the rapid fall of Afghanistan to the Taliban. A Christian refuge, refuge family from Kabul, including eight minors, arrived safely in Rome, Italy. A military chaplain who protected who pretended to be a criminal to rescue a boy from an organ trafficking, this priest came up with a daring plan to rescue a vulnerable child from a horrifying death. A Catholic monk ventures to visit inmates and bring them the sacraments for the first time since the lockdown on February 2020. A bishop from the Philippines has announced 40 days of fasting and penance as a way to share in the sufferings of others and heal from the spiritual damage of the coronavirus pandemic. From LifeSite News, Cardinal Burke writes a public letter of gratitude sharing he is no longer the ice in the ICU and is recovering from his illness in a hospital room. He expressed his immense gratitude for all the prayers and support he's received. Praise God. From LifeSite News, Bishop Athanasius Snyder has decided to grant a religious exemption letter to avoid abortion-tainted jabs to all members in the confraternity of Our Lady of Fatima. And lastly, a furniture store is converted into a market shift shelter for Hurricane Ida victims. And those are your headline news for this morning. God love you and have a great Monday. The saint of the day is Blessed Vicente Cabenas Badenas. He was born on the 25th of February, 1908 in Torrent, Valencia, Spain. He was the eldest of four brothers and studied at the University of Valencia in the Institute for Criminal Studies. He joined the Capuchin ter- Tertiary Fathers and the Brothers of Our Lady of Sorrows on the 12th of March, 1923. He was ordained a priest in 1932 in the Archdiocese of Madrid, Spain. It was superior of the Prince of Australia's Reform School in Madrid in September 1933 and head of the Psychopedagogic Council of the Reformatory in Amarillo in Spain in 1934. In each place, he used both psychology and spiritual direction to turn around the lives of young people. He was arrested by militiamen on the 27th of August 1936, about six weeks into the Spanish Civil War, for the crime of being a priest. His captors tried to force him to renounce his faith, but Father Vincente refused. They then propped him up beside a barn in the meadow of San Bartolome de Ordeña and shot him several times with rifles and left him for dead. Badly wounded, Father Vincente managed to reach a friend's house and was taken to a hospital. And he died three days later, having made his final confession and forgiven his murderers. He was martyred. In the 30th of August, 1936, in a hospital in Bilbao, Vincea, Spain, from a gunshot wound he received on the 27th of August. He was beatified on the 11th of March, 2001, by Pope John Paul II. 
Vicente Cabenas Badenas, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from Luke chapter 4, verses 16 through 30. Jesus came to Nazareth where he had grown up and went, according to his custom, into the synagogue on the Sabbath day. He stood up to read and was handed a scroll of the prophet Isaiah. He unrolled the scroll and found the passage where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to bring glad tidings to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, and to proclaim a year acceptable to the Lord. Rolling up the scroll, he handed it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all in the synagogue looked intently at him. He said to them, Today this scripture passage is fulfilled in your hearing. And all spoke highly of him, and were amazed at the gracious words that came from his mouth. They also asked, Is this not the son of Joseph? He said to them, Surely you will quote me this proverb, Physician, cure yourself, and say, Do here in your native place the things that we heard were done in Capernaum. And he said, Amen. I say to you, no prophet is accepted in his own native place. Indeed, I tell you, there were many widows in Israel in the days of Elijah, when the sky was closed for three and a half years, and a severe famine spread over the entire land. It was to none of these that Elijah was sent, but only to a widow in Zarephath, in the land of Sidon. Again, there were many lepers in Israel during the time of Elisha, the prophet. Yet not one of them was cleansed, but only Naaman, the Syrian. When the people in the synagogue heard this, they were all filled with fury. They rose up, drove him out of the town, and led him to the brow of the hill on which their town had been built to hurl him down headlong. But he passed through the midst of them and went away. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. I wish there was more time here to dive into this passage. It's it's so much going on. It's it's very, very good, of course. But that the nod to the Gentiles over the Jews sets them off. The fact that they they looked upon Jesus as somebody who's like very common, right? Like, isn't this the Joseph's son? I don't understand. How is it you're saying these things? How is it you're doing all these miracles everywhere else, but you're not doing them here? Well, that's because you lack the faith. You lack the faith. Even Ambrose, uh, he was so incredible today on this particular passage. Ambrose said, It cannot be wondered at that they lost their salvation who cast the Savior out of their city. Let that set in. They cast the Lord out, and as Ambrose says, they lost their salvation. He goes on to say, But the Lord was taught his apostles by the example of himself to be all things to all men. Neither repels the willing, nor chooses the unwilling, neither struggles against those who cast him out, nor refuses to hear those who supplicate them. But the conduct was the result of no slight enmity which, forgetful of the feelings of fellow citizens, converts the causes of love into the bitterest hatred. For when the Lord himself was extending his blessing upon the people, they began to inflict injuries upon him, as it follows, and they led him onto the brow of the hill, that they might cast him down. 
Ambrose is a hammer blow to us today to remind us that if we cast the Lord out, we lose salvation itself. And the condemnation is one we put upon ourselves. So let us not cast the Lord out, whether it's out of our own town, out of our own heart, our own mind, off of our lips today, but let us keep the Lord very close, very intimate. Amen. Praise be to God. We're going to go to a break, and then we're going to come back playing fear and trembling, and you could win the game. You could win the prizes. And uh, it looks like all easy question uh, Monday here today. So here's the phone number. Call right now and be our contestant, 877-757-9424. You do not need to know the answers to still win. It's that much fun at 877-757-9424. If it's been a while, call back, 877-757-9424, 877-757-9424. 974 We'll be right back to play the game. Don't go anywhere. We all know children have a natural innocence and a sense of wonder. Yet our world is full of distractions that can pull families in the wrong direction. But with the help of God and a church family, your children can grow in the security of faith, hope, and love. Weekly Mass provides that critical faith foundation needed in life. So if your family hasn't been to Mass in a while, we'd like to invite you home. Discover more at catholicscomehome.org. Protestants like to use James 2, 10 through 11 against the Catholic doctrine of mortal and venial sin. Because James says, whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become guilty of all of it. But James can't be denying the doctrine of mortal and venial sin because in 1.15 he affirms it saying that sin in its beginning stages doesn't bring death, venial sin, whereas it does in its more mature stages, mortal sin. The point James is making in James 2.10-11 is that we must keep all the commandments in order to avoid incurring the guilt of transgressing the law. We can't say to the Lord on Judgment Day, Lord, I only broke one commandment but kept the other nine. So James 2, 10 through 11 is simply a misfire in trying to take down the Catholic belief of mortal and venial sin. I'm Carlo Broussard with the ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. For 2,000 years, we've helped the poor and comforted the sick. We've educated generations of children, developed the scientific method and college system. We support marriage and human life. Guided by the Holy Spirit, we compiled the Bible. We are the Catholic Church. With over one billion in our family, sharing in the fullness of Christian faith in the church started by Jesus. If you've been away, visit catholicscomehome.org today. Welcome home. Welcome to another round of fear and trembling. (laughs) The Catholic Trivia Game Show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. And now your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time and Fear and Trembling. The Catholic Trivia Game Show where we have a secret and hidden agenda. And there are a few things we like to do in the program, but you got to do me a favor first and promise to never tell anybody what I'm about to tell you. Let's just keep this between us, okay? Number one, we like to teach the faith. So we look for teachable moments in the questions where you possibly could learn something you did not know before about your Catholic faith. And uh, praise be to God, that would be good, wouldn't it? 
We like to have a good time, and our callers tend to be a lot of fun. They laugh with us, and uh, we enjoy that. They're great sports, and that just makes it really fun, right? And then, of course, we like to give out prizes, which makes this kind of a winner for everybody involved. So here's the deal, though. If you're just joining us, I have three Catholic trivia questions in my hand. These are official questions, and uh, you don't need to know the answers to them. So the caller doesn't need to know in order to still win because I won't ask them These questions, technically speaking, I will ask Janice and I will ask Adrian. One of them will be right and the other will be wrong. The caller will have 15 seconds to decide who is telling the truth and who isn't. And then every right answer goes into the coffee cup of divine providence to win this week's prize. Janice, what could they win? This this week's prize is a Catholic medallion scapular of the Sacred Heart of Jesus, from Benedicta Catholic Art. So if you go to her Etsy page, it's uh, etsy.com slash Benedicta Catholic Art. Uh, the prize is $140 value. Uh, she's from Argentina. She custom designs uh, Catholic medals uh, made out of cotton. Uh, but specifically, they're designed, it seems like they're designed to decorate um, as a home decoration for baby for baby cribs or for your altar or um, your uh, a, a Bible placeholder. So there's a lot of different ways that you can use these. Um, but the most predominant way that most families seem to use them is as a baptismal gift uh, for new mm. newborns. Mm. Um, so it's a it's a very nice. It's a medal to attach to a newborn crib. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, thank you, Benedicta Catholic Art, for your generous uh, sponsorship of our program this week. We're very grateful to you. And if you tried to call in and don't make it on, call back tomorrow. Get on early. The phone number's on the website. You can always sit on hold, but uh, let's go to the phones. Clarissa, good morning to you. Praise be to God. Thanks for uh, being a part of our program. Good morning. Good morning. everyone. Well, praise be to God. We are alive, and that counts. That's great. How was your weekend? Uh, it was so uh, good. I, all my days are running together right now, but <laughs> I actually have a newborn. Hey, so congratulations. All my days are revolving around. How wonderful. Her. Praise be to God. <laughs> her sleeping and eating. I did make it to Mass yesterday. That's awesome. With well, the baby and the husband. Be, with the be, husband, I like that. You'd That's be the great. perfect winner for this prize. It's specifically <laughs> made so for babies. Yes. Yeah, so uh, let's just see if we can't get you in that cup. And uh, so you got to be careful, though. Uh, Janice is new, so we're not sure what her all of her tell signs are. So we don't know when she's tricking us or not. So we got to be very careful. Janice, you're awesome. Of course, <laughs> you're part of this, Adrian. Oh, of course, you. we all know about. So uh, all right, thank you ready you. to play, oh, yeah, Clarissa? You ready to play? I'm ready. All right, here we go. Janice, we will start with you, as is our custom. Are you ready? Yes, I'm ready. Are you sure? Mm-hmm. Yes. Are you sure? A hundred percent. Okay. Uh, Janice, can you tell me, what is the title given to women in the earliest centuries of the church who were appointed to care for the sick and assist the ministers, but they were not ordained? What was their title? Hmm... Not ordained, but called to take care of the, the sick, sick and assist the minister. Um, I would say um, that's a nun. A nun? Yeah, a huh. nun. So a nun yeah. is not ordained, uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, and she's called to be a caretaker. Yeah. yeah. So 
Yeah, I would say that. Uh, um, okay. A woman. Okay. So and you're in. She's none. None. Mm-hmm. All right. Hmm. Let's get a second opinion on this. Adrian, can you tell me uh, what is the title given to women in the early centuries of the church? Uh, who were appointed to care for the sick and assist the minister. Uh, They were not ordained, but uh, they would often help at baptisms, for instance. What would we call them? I'm going to say that nuns didn't exist in the early centuries. I'm going to say a deaconess. Deaconess? A deaconess. Huh. Well, that's, that, that could be tricky here. Mm. All right. So, uh, you're sure, Adrian? I'm like 99% sure. 99% sure. Okay. Clarissa, here's the deal. Adrian seems to think the title was Deaconesses, and Janice seems to think it was a nun. 15 seconds on the clock. Who's right? Who's wrong? Clarissa, what say you? I'll go with Adrian. I like that. I like the sound of that. I'll go with Adrian. That's a that's a really good answer. I think you know. I will go with Adrian. Quote unquote. I like that. Wow. Okay. Well, you, stuff right awfully there. quick on that button there, Adrian. You are correct, Clarissa. It is uh, it is a fact, the deaconesses, uh, which has been a debated item as of recently, but we, we have discovered also that they were never ordained. So uh, they had a role, pra- praise be to God. But you are in the cup. You might win if it be God's will on Friday, but let's see if we can't double your impact. This one should be, this next question should be fairly easy. We're going to go to Adrian uh, Uh this time. Adrian, can you tell me? The Feast of the Holy Innocents Mm -hmm. commemorates children ordered, killed Uh by whom? Yes. Ordered to be killed by whom? Uh, That would have been Caesar Augustus. Caesar Augustus ordered children killed? Absolutely. Okay. Let's just see what Janice has to say anyway. Janice, can you tell me, the Feast of the Holy Innocents commemorates children ordered killed by whom? That should be King Herod. King Herod? King Herod. Not mm-hmm. Caesar Augustus, you're saying? Hmm. No. I've actually never heard of Caesar Augustus. Really? Really? Or maybe I'm just not <laughs> <laughs> historically informed. Uh, that's going to have to be the subject of a different yeah, show. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> We're going to have to come. Well, let's circle, we'll circle back. Yeah. We'll circle back on that. Okay. So here's the deal, Clarissa. <laughs> Janice says it's King Herod who ordered the children killed, whereas Adrian says it was Caesar Augustus. 15 seconds on the clock. Who's right? Who's wrong? Clarissa, what say you? This time I think Adrian's wrong. <gasps> yeah! <laughs> I didn't hear that. We should give her that. a bell just for saying that alone. I, I think I might just give her the buzzer just for what? the sake of... I'm just <laughs> kidding. Charity. I'm just kidding. She got it right, you, despite the fact that she said I was wrong. You, you knew this one, right, Clarissa? This was easy. Yeah. Yeah. Could you imagine someone trying to kill your baby? That would be, like, really, literally insane. Sadness. I know. It's a good thing uh, St. Joseph was inspired to save uh, the life of our Lord and our Lady. Praise be to God. All right, you're in for two. God is good. You're in for two. I think we can make this a perfect score. Um, But this next one, in all fairness, Uh could be slightly tricky because it could apply to many different people, but we'll have to just see. Okay. Janice, we're going back to you. Mm -hmm. Janice, can you tell me? What popular saint called the Hammer of Heretics is entombed in the Basilica of Padua, Italy? Mm, Padua, Italy. Padua, Italy. Well, what comes to my mind is St. Anthony of Padua. 
because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Padua okay. is part of his name. St. Anthony of Padua. <laughs> Seems reasonable to me. Yeah. Uh, let's go to Adrian real quick. Adrian, can you tell me what popular saint was called the Hammer of Heretics and is entombed in the Basilica of Padua in Italy? Entombed the tomb of the Basilica in Padua, Italy. Hmm. I am going to go with Pope Alexander. Uh-huh. Okay, so, Clarissa, here's the deal. Adrian says it's Pope Alexander of Padua. I'm just curious. Uh, whereas uh, whereas uh, Judy says it's Anthony of Padua who preached to the fishes. 15 seconds on the clock. Who's right? Who's wrong? Clarissa, what say you? Hammer of heretics preaching to fishes. Well, I only know of St. Anthony of Padua. <laughs> from Padua, so I'll, I agree with Janice. I agree with Janice. Uh, put that on a button. Yay. Yes, congratulations. Aye, aye. Perfect score, Clarissa. Well done. Well done. You're in for three. How do you feel? I feel, I feel blessed. Yeah, praise sure. be to God. That's awesome. You you, uh, you did a great job. You were a lot of fun. We're very grateful to you. We are going to put you on hold and uh, grab your, your contact information in case it be God's will that you should come out of the coffee cup of Divine Providence on Friday. But uh, thanks for playing our game today. Thank you so much for having me. Congratulations again uh, on your the birth of your child for you and your husband. We're very grateful and uh, to God for, <laughs> for such you. a blessing. But uh, that's going to do it for the radio side of our show today. A lot of fun. Praise be to God. Great conversation in the first hour about a lot of concerning stories around the world. We're going to... Uh, Go into the after show next. If you are able to join us, you can hang out with us on a live video stream, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, even Odyssey, and on our website directly, which you can find at grnonline.com forward slash cdt. That's grnonline.com forward slash cdt. Tomorrow, we're going to talk with Dr. Moynihan. He's going to be returning to our show to talk about his book, Finding Vigano. That's coming up tomorrow. And then uh, Tom and Jen Satterley. Uh, Tom was a Delta Force, uh, spent many years in Delta Force as a veteran. He helps other vets. We're going to talk about Afghanistan, what the vets are feeling right now, what they're struggling with with his organization. All that's coming up this week. God love you. God bless you. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. Praise be to God in all things. Welcome to the after show of Catholic Drive Time, where we get a bit more casual about our conversation, and you, my dear audience, get to drive that conversation to any direction you wish. Uh, But with one caveat, of course, it is Monday, and we all know what that means. Adrian Fonseca, out of pure selfishness on his part, kicks us off early. Amen, brother. Uh, Amen. Yeah. So there's that. The malice in my heart grows. (laughs) Ever deeply. Is that a t-shirt? We should need a whole... I have a, I have a list of, sh- of things that ought to become t-shirts. The malice of my heart may be one of them. <laughs> the malice of my heart grows deeper. <laughs> People would be so confused. They wouldn't know. 
William Hemsworth, good morning to you. Mary Barone, praise be to God. Good morning. Uh, Mike K., uh, good morning to you. Thanks for hanging out. He's on also, Odyssey. He's also on Odyssey, yeah. Clarissa, you are a lot of fun. I know you're on the phone with uh, Janice at the moment, but uh, thanks for hanging out with us on Facebook as well. Jesus Moreno, good morning. Eric Rodriguez, good morning. Madeline, Madeline number seven from Spain. That's a new commenter. Yeah, that's super cool. From Spain. Praise be yeah. to God. Are you our first commenter from Spain? I, I think you might be. I have to be, I would imagine. Uh, c- congratulations, and thank you all at the same time. Uh, for being a first-time commenter, we're very grateful, especially from Spain. Praise be to God Amen. for that. Um, Carmen, good morning. Good morning, Monica. San Diego? Is, is Carmen from San Diego? Carmen San Diego. Where in the world is Carmen San Diego mm. is how that went. It wasn't that Carmen was from San Diego. I thought her last name was San Diego. San Diego. Yeah. Oh, Okay. <laughs> Awkward. Awkward. I guess I'm asleep at the wheel today. Tammy, good morning. Good morning. Jeff Burrier, good morning. Alaric, praise be to God. Good morning to you. Um, who's on Facebook? Uh, tons of people. Sita is on Facebook. Joaquin, Alexandra, Alexandra, uh, Luz, Jesus Robles, Jesus. Gloria, Lori, Patty, um, Joe McLean, 20 years younger. Nice. Uh, and Sean, Sean Rice and Buddy. Praise be to God, Sean. Uh, welcome back. I hope you're uh, feeling healthy. Yeah. And uh, praise be to God. I'll be, with Sean. I'll be with Sean on Friday. Awesome sauce. Hanging out with Sean and Richard Reyna this Friday at the Safe a Dove Hunt. So the Safe a Dove Hunt is a multi-day event. So there's multiple, like there's an opening day event that takes place. And then there's the Friday. So I can't make the opening day. Unfortunately, I would if I could, but... Uh, I'll have to make the Friday event, so me and a couple of my sons are going to head out after the show this Friday, drive over to San Antonio, and be a part of the dove hunt and dinner. And then we'll wake up the next morning, we're going to go to uh, First first Saturday Mass, and then uh, hang out a little while with with, uh, my colleagues, and then we'll head home. It'll be a good time. Can't wait. Praise be to God. Uh, let's see here. Sita says, Joe, you said there's not enough time to dive into the gospel. Would you love to hear more now? The problem is Adrian's going to kick us off. and There's not enough time to dive into the gospel again. Like you see where, see where he's going with this. We got like 15 minutes, 15 whole minutes, uh, maybe a little bit less. Actually. I want to talk like about Caesar, minutes. Caesar Augustus, Caesar Augustus, <laughs> the successor <laughs> to Julius Caesar, That's the right. famous. Hey, oh, and b- by the, by the way, did I not just like last week, the week before played the, uh, the little clip from the movie? Uh, of Charlton Heston playing Caesar Augustus? Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. You know, friends, Romans. That wasn't, that's not Caesar Augustus. Countrymen. That's, that's um, Marcus Aurelius. Marcus Aurelius. Yeah. I was close. Yeah, it's in the same <laughs> sa- same generation. So same, they were both alive at the same time, so I suppose. <laughs> they were besties. It's Octavian. Besties. You're thinking Octavian. C- Caesar Augustus was the uh, stepson of Caesar, though. Yes. Uh, Gaius, I believe his name was, if yeah. I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Gaius Octavius, and he changed his name to Caesar Augustus, mm-hmm. and he reigned during the time of uh, our Lord's life. So that's why I chose that as the as the person, because technically speaking, he would have been in charge of Herod. He would have been the king over Herod, technically speaking, yeah. even though you know politics, politics. There you go. The politics then. If you thought if you thought politics was bad now, mm-hmm. ooh wee, people were dying left and right. People were being executed. There were, be, were soldiers being, coming after you. They were being Clintoned. There, mm, I didn't say that. Huh? I, Wait, what? I didn't say that. I'm sorry. I, more, I'm, all I'm saying up? is that a lot mm-hmm. of people commit suicide around the Clinton. That's all I'm saying. That's, <laughs> that's all, all I'm saying. Do you know? Okay, we're putting on tinfoil hats here anyway, right? I mean, might as well. Where's the music for that? Uh, oh, oh, no, wrong one. Yeah. 
Yes. I thought it was the X-Files one. Is it? I give up. Uh, it don't matter. Um, back in the, uh, what was that, 90s? But when Bill Clinton was running for president the first time, there was a VHS tape that was circulating, circulating and getting copied. It was a documentary of all of the shenanigans the Clintons had been involved in in politics in Arkansas, including uh, state troopers suiciding themselves and other things going on. That was before he was even elected president. That was a thing. So nothing as much has changed there. Speaking of shots fired, Asita, going to the gospel a little bit today. Um, Ignatius Catholic Study Bible is a great, uh, short, sweet, and to the point uh, commentary. It gr- has great details, great references. Cornelius Alapide. I really like it. Cornelius Alapide is more advanced. It's like a, it's like eating a steak. You know, it's just you can just chew on it all day. But if you're looking for something a little more abbreviated, but yet still great detail. Ignatius of uh, Ignatius Catholic Study Bible is a great source, and uh, you know it really points out why they were so angry and so offended at our Lord. One, he wasn't performing miracles, not nearly to the extent that he had performed elsewhere, because of their common common treatment of him, because they lacked the faith to see him for who he truly was, the Messiah. And uh, number one, so they lacked a little bit of faith, but number two, uh, he brings up Elijah and Elisha, and they're two examples of having saved Gentiles. And see, there's a, this speaks to the point that the first century was unique, in that because of the prophets, for instance, Daniel is a great one to go to, I mentioned this last week, they knew the timing was ripe for the coming of the Messiah in their time. And so they were expecting him. But they were expecting a guy to come to kick out the Romans, to set up the kingdom of Israel again, and to make subjects of the Gentiles and the Gentile nations, to keep them as superior to everyone else. Versus uh, to the, the true Messiah, like King Melchizedek, uh, would, would engraft all the people. Uh, you know, when the people were set apart out of coming out of Egypt and they were consecrated to the Lord, the original mission was to then go back and save all these uh, pagans, to, br- to convert them. To convert them is the mission. But of course, the golden calf happens, and so the penitential law has to now take effect uh, in order to, to uh, rectify, punish, rectify their hard-heartedness. Well, they didn't learn from that, apparently. They haven't learned from that. We talked about that last week in some of the gospel reflections. But uh, the fact that Jesus brings up these two prophets and their examples of having healed and saved Gentiles and not the Jews mm. really is like a hammer blow to the heart of, of these people. So that's why they take, they take them to the prow of the hill to throw them headlong over. But what I love, I, what I really love is that uh, it's like it's almost gangster-like move here. You know, but he passed through the midst of them. Oh, this is what I want to talk about. Like, mic drop. This, so, <laughs> this, this is the part that I, I love this passage, like this line that he passed. And so, in the Douay Rames version, it says, but he passed through the midst of them and went his way, and not a went away from them, and went his way, capital H, uh, referring to he did as he willed. Like, he's not that he just escaped, but it's that God Jesus Christ being God yeah. went his way. Yeah. Like they had no power over like, him. Like, what are you going to do? Yeah, exactly. Bring it. And it's so good because, <laughs> oh my, it's it's super cool. Cornelius Lapide goes off on this. He's like, here are the opinions of everybody on this passage. He's like, yeah, so uh, Maldonatus says that he made himself invisible. 
And then he just like turned invisible and walked away. Like no one could see him. He just vanished. And St. Ambrose and Bede say that he changed their wills and they consented to let him go, which would also be a pretty crazy miracle. Um, he said that the other, their other opinions are that they um, turned their imagination or their eyes away. So they just like were there. They just no longer could see him. And so instead of making him invisible, he blinded them. And the other thing is that they had a, they basically, he gave them paralysis and so everyone just froze and they were not able to move. And then our Lord just, you know, chilled, chilly walked through yeah. away from them. Uh, he says yeah. that, um, but here's my favorite one. I'll skip some of the other ones that he, uh, he lays out some other theories, but here's my favorite one. And I've never heard this before. I've never heard this. And I'm almost certain that no one here has heard this before. And if you have, let me know because I just be super impressed. Cause I'm like, this is super cool. So Cornelius Lapide says that, um, St. Bede, Christum, Euthymius and others, and, and I can't even pronounce this guy's name, Brocardus, which I've never heard of him before. And his description of the Holy Land gives this tradition that Christ gilded away from out of the hands of the Jews and suddenly appeared on the opposite side of the mountain. And that therefore that place where he disappeared from is called, quote, the leap of the Lord. And he said that the rock on which Christ stood yielded and received like wax. And as of the rock in which Christ stood, uh, received like wax and impressed his, his feet on it. So you, if you go to that rock, apparently, you see the footprint of Christ there as he Ooh. melted through the mountain and ended up wow. on the other side. And he goes, this, wow. is, this is crazy. Like Superman. It's, it's, dude, it's, it's, it's insane. I've never like, heard this before. You can almost imagine our Lord landing in that, that <laughs> Superman pose, you know. <laughs> and he goes on. He says, uh, this is what Adricamus says in the description of the Holy Land and the word leap of the Lord. Quote, the tradition is that Christ fled to the high mountain, which he is, which is called from that circumstance, the leap of the Lord. And that at the touch of his garment, the rock flowed and being melted and loosened like wax made a kind of hollow for the Lord's body to be received in and protected a hollow of a capacity equal to the quantity of the Lord's body. And in this, even at the present day, the liniments and folds of the garments on the Lord's back and the marks of his feet are preserved marked out as though by the hand of a sculptor. Mm. And he then, and then Cornelius Lapide includes at the end though, this however lacks confirmation. <laughs> he said, I can't prove this, but here's what people but it say. Sounds really cool. <laughs> Isn't that yeah, awesome? That is awesome. I've Praise never heard God. that before. Yeah. Could you imagine? That would be so cool. I've, I've always been fascinated by this particular verse because you, your mind wanders. What does that look like? How is it he allows himself to be pushed to the edge of a cliff and uh, and they're ready to stone him to death, and but then everything stops and he just simply walks through the midst of them. You know, something big had to have happened, whether it was a look in his eye or just something had to have happened in order to have stopped them, the mob, from, from killing him because they were wont to do so. So kind of a big moment. It's always sparked the interest in my mind for sure. It's like uh, one of those things you'd love for the Lord to explain you know, exactly what went down, right? You know, mm -hmm. it would be so much fun to, to learn that stuff. Unfortunately, I have a list of things like that I would like to conversate uh, to God about. But I'm sure if, uh, if by God's grace, I make it to heaven, I probably won't care about that list anymore. Um, Your list will grow longer, to be honest. Maybe. Uh, or maybe I'll just be so satiated with God's very presence that I won't care. Well, you have eternity to contemplate the mysteries of God's yeah. divine plan. Yeah. What? And that's what the whole point of the... Uh, of the a general judgment will be everything, all of history will be revealed and everything will make sense together. Mm. All the little pieces that don't fit into the puzzle will all fall into place. 
Could we go and explore the outer edges of the universe? Uh, perhaps, but the thing you won't, what won't happen is though your arms will not grow longer. Yes, they will. Mm-hmm. That's totally yeah, fake news, man. Mm-hmm. Totally, totally fake news. Of course. Come on, man. Of course. Janice, you've heard that, right? You got a master's degree. Whoa, you've heard that in the about? resurrection, we are taller, better looking, and have longer arms. You've heard that, correct? Um, I don't think that's uh, yeah, wait, theologically wait, correct. <laughs> yeah, yes, it is. Of course, we 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 are taller, better looking. Uh, we have full longer hair. Arms. We have full head of hair, uh, and we have longer. We we don't we don't have the T Rex arms anymore. Who's this we? T Rex. Who's this arms. we? Do you I mean, keep referring to? I've actually heard that us. we carry our wounds um, in the sense that we carry the the scars of our. Um, wounds into eternal life in the sense like like jesus christ like he was crucified um and and his hands were nailed and so they say that um jesus will still have his uh wounds visible in heaven i don't know about that he's just trying to make a point however i'm pretty (laughs) sure pretty sure i get to be seven foot five Mm, sorry dude with (laughs) at least a six foot wingspan Minimum. And let me be honest with you, dude. You're probably going to shrink by the time you die. You're going to get a little bit shorter, <laughs> and then in heaven, you're going to be. You're going to probably be like four feet tall. I'm just four saying. feet tall. I'm just saying. I'm I've just also saying. heard that we all become like children in heaven, in the sense that we but all tall children with long arms. Mm, no, not quite. <laughs> oh, man, you guys, are, you guys are killing me. Sorry, dude. Oh, Sorry, dude. you guys are killing me. Lo siento. <laughs> Lo siento. All right, we're almost out of time. Adrian yeah. has another job to we do. We have like a minute. He's double dipping on us again. My bad. Uh, well, I'm sorry about the guest selection today. We, they were good guests. They just, for whatever reason, didn't show. Well, the first guest, uh, he had to cancel because of the Hurricane Ida. He had to, his flight got rescheduled at the last second, and he was going to be in the air during the show. So he's like, I would have just called in instead. All he needed to do was but, purchase you know. the, in, the Wi-Fi and then do a FaceTime with us. Good right. grief. Right. Mm-hmm. Come on, man. Yeah, that, I'm sure the internet connection, the internet speed in an in a airplane is wonderful. Uh, so <laughs> unfortunately, he wasn't able to join us. Hopefully, we'll book him back again. Yeah. And then Stephen Whitenkoff actually just texted me. So what I'll see, I'll what, see what he said. What'd he said, uh, my apologies total error on my part i didn't put it on my calendar my part my yeah my error my sincerest apologies i don't know what's up with that i don't know so i don't know what's up with that i know very unfortunate very unfortunate zero zilch zero zilch at any rate, praise be to God, we're going to have uh, Dr. Robert Moynihan on tomorrow to talk about Finding Vegano. Great book, by the way. Published by Tan. Uh, get the get the audio book. It's very entertaining, actually. I think you're going to enjoy that. So that'll be tomorrow. Tom and Jen Satterley from the uh, allsecurefoundation.org uh, organization is going to be on with us on Wednesday to talk about vets, how they're feeling, and uh, how... Their organization helps vets when they come back from the war zone. Tom was in Mogadishu. He was Black Hawk Down, Delta Force. Spent uh, an entire career serving in Special Forces. It's going to be a great conversation. Father Brendan Kilcone is going to be on Friday. He is a hoot and a half, and you'll enjoy that. God love you and God bless you. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash.
Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. Good morning, Bree. I'm doing well. I'm doing well. How was your trip? Okay. Uh, real quick, next week uh, there will be no show for um, Labor Day. If you want to do a pre-recorded show and have it, we can do that if you're time permitting. If not, we could just not have a show. Uh, just let me know. Okay. No problem. Okay. Do to do to do. It is. It was uh, three minutes and about 40 seconds each time. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, who reported that? Politically smart, yeah. Well, the, I suppose the other thing is that um, we, um, the other thing is that Pope Francis has asked that people pray the Saint Michael prayer after Mass, so it doesn't make sense. Let go yeah. and start talking immediately. To me, that's just a trigger that helps me personally. It may not help you, but. Um, and then, of course, when I'm done, like when I pass the Holy Rosary in that first segment, I, I immediately get the offering because I want to clear my throat and I don't want to do that on purpose. So, I kind of work my hand a lot. Yeah, it's crazy. I wonder what, because that's like. A punishable offense, both legally and uh, and canonically, lying about your bishop. Yeah, that's a good question. 
Yeah, people freaked out about the whole situation with the Canons regular St. John Cantus in Chicago. And they're still rail against about against Subic about that, but I know the Canons personally, and they're like, "Yeah, we don't talk about that because we actually think Subic was right." And then the rumors, there's like three different rumors about Francis either retiring, Francis either dying, Francis either... Oh, interesting. Very interesting. Morning, Matt. You guys, I have a really crappy connection. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get out and reboot. Come right, come right back. All righty. Okay. Let me just go to the restroom. Of course, yeah. Do what you gotta do. Mm hmm. It's new. Yikes. <laughs> I hope not. Has it? I have no idea. Really? Oh my goodness. I did not know that actually. Oh my goodness. I did know that. I did know that. I just didn't see anything. I have. I figured I would have seen that if it was for Francis. I haven't seen it with. I have not seen it with Benedict, and I have not seen it with Francis. But I did see it with JP too. I, I thought you meant like clowns in a figurative sense. <laughs> I mean, like a actual literal real clowns. clowns. Like what? What kind of clown? Are we talking? That's right. It's I'm concerned. You know, Pierrot. You know, the French clowns are sort of mimes. I'm. I don't worry about I, those guys. It's, yeah, the, yeah, I, it's like it. Yeah. Ah. 
connection's awful. Yeah. It's uh, yeah. It's uh, it's not uh, it's not just you. I think it's Zoom. Yeah, because I, I mean, my, my stuff was getting goofy. Nah, it's probably it's probably Bree. To be honest, <laughs> <laughs> her internet's always bad. Mike, well, I can hear you. Oh, I spent all last week working with uh, with robots for St. John the Apostle Catholic School, and uh, the only thing more frustrating trying to get a Zoom call working is trying to get uh, robots and have to have internet connection. <laughs> um, I, wrote, I ran those little guys uh, basically off of their own internal software for most of the week, which I mean, thank God they're smarter than we are because they were able to operate without a connection. Wow. Yeah, well, we actually have four. Uh, we have two of them that are called NAO now. Um, and then we have two that are like fourth grader size named Pepper, um, which is actually kind of, uh, it's creepy because they, they have a, what's called autonomous life uh, in the background. So they're, they're aware of you as you walk around. And, and if you talk, they'll pour in on you. Yeah, you should, y'all should do a show on transhumanism movement. Yeah. There you go. Oh my goodness. What wow. on earth? You're you're depressing me, Bree. For the entire show. <laughs> and you know, and just run a continuous audio loop of Joe Pesci going, What am I a clown to you? <laughs> yeah. Come on, man. What are we talking about? I hate clowns. <laughs> Is anybody though? <laughs> oh, wow. what is? Oh my god! Maybe we talk about that next week. Y'all should do a show on transhumanism. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be based. That'd be so based. Yeah. Communism. Yeah. That'd be great. Good stuff there. <laughs> That's right. As Catholics, we want to talk about the Protestant work ethic. Ooh, that'd be fun. <laughs> Oh, 
Yeah, Scheller. Uh, One minute. Y'all could talk about it on air. 